I did it. You're supposed to say, what did you do? I was going to feed the statement what it was. No, no, no. This is a conversation. It's what did you do? Wait, let's start over. Okay. I did it. What did you do? I went. Ah, fucking. Ah. I was going to make something up. I was just going to make something up. Oh, I thought you had something that you got. No, I don't have nothing. Oh, you're just... I, I had something like earlier today and I didn't write it down. <laughs> and so I, I misplaced it in my so brain. You had, so you had like one part of it, but you just lost the other mm-hmm, part? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I misplaced the second part of wow. what I was going to say. Okay. But um, yeah, no, I didn't. I, I don't got nothing. Okay. I do think we should do that chip tournament, though. I think that's great. Like you're sitting there eating those zaps and it makes it look really good. They are really good. You got the spicy Cajuns. Yeah. Real. Do they do these exist outside of the South? I don't think so. Maybe I, maybe because the Amazon. That's about it. Makes me wonder. Like, what are you waiting on? They're chips. Like they cost. I mean, they can't be caught. They can't cost that much to ship. Just ship them out to the restaurant. Who wouldn't enjoy those? I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to know. The, I don't want to know who they would enjoy those. Honestly, monsters. Coming to you live from Ed's living room, you're listening to State Your Take with Ed and Aaron. Oh, I wonder if they're gonna be able to hear that siren. Probably, it's pretty loud. It is pretty loud. Um, it's raining out here now. Yeah, we're, on, we're here on a Sunday again because yeah, got called into work. You got yeah. called into work. Yeah, on a Saturday. Yeah. That was supposed to be your day off, right? It was. It so was. the way this works, because you have to forgive me, because I don't know this life. Mm-hmm. If they take away one of your days off one week, do you get that back? No, they just pay me. I don't think that's worth it. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it isn't. Did you have plans? I had plans to do nothing, but those are my plans. Those are plans. Those are plans. When yeah, you make like, plans to do nothing, yeah, th- that's plans. That's and because I get mad when people when people ask me like, "What are you doing?" I'm just like, "Nothing," and they're like, "Oh, well, good." And I'm like, "Wait, no, I told you I'm doing nothing." Yeah, so no. when you give me something, that's not nothing. That's not. It's taking away from my nothing. Exactly. Like my plans were to do nothing. So when you have nothing plans, it, it's it's almost like it's a. A, a reversal in what the term nothing means. Right. Because nothing is something. It's everything. It's everything. Like just to have this space to fill with whatever I want to do. Like, but if I ask you like, hey, have you eaten anything? You're like, no, I haven't eaten. I've eaten nothing. Like yeah. that's nothing is nothing. Right. But if I say I'm doing nothing, mm-hmm. that nothing is something. Yeah. What do you want to do today? Nothing. Nothing. Great. Yeah. Let's do nothing. Let's do nothing. I understand that. Yeah. Some people don't, though. Like, they always not say, oh, you can, you can do this, or you can go help me move. And I'm like, no, I'd rather do nothing to help you move. Isn't that the most annoying thing? <laughs> yeah. The most annoying thing when someone asks, are, what are you doing? You say, I'm doing nothing. And then they start suggesting things for you to do. Like, I know. Well, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? No. I wasn't criticizing what I've done. I'm t- I was just stating the facts. I'm doing nothing. I'm, I don't. Nothing is plans. Yeah. And when I'm doing nothing, 
Don't invite me to do something. Right. Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> leave me the fuck alone. Because you know why nothing is so important? Because we're always doing something. Yeah. Or I was like working or some shit or like, I don't know, cleaning something. Or... Always doing something. And uh, most of the time it's for someone else. Yeah. Very rarely do you do something for yourself. Right. But you know what that something for yourself can be? Nothing. Exactly. So they took away one of your days. Yeah. And then what happened? How was it? And I worked and uh, I mean, it's the same thing. Like I just give shots. I think that um, people need to understand though, like if you listen to the show, when you know how we end the podcast, like, you know, but most of you, we don't care for the rest of you. It's our famous catchphrase. Even though most of you is a lot of people, Mm. the rest of you, also a lot of people yeah like if you you split that up like let's just say we love 70 percent of you yeah 70 percent of the population right that 30 percent is still like it's a substantial amount it's like a couple billion people this is a good amount of people so like and i i think that gets lost in like the vaccination things like i I still don't like a lot of you Mm -hmm. like i'm not a hero right i I do this because it's the right thing to do but i still don't like a lot of you you're still doing it just to get a check yeah yeah like i'm not a hero i just do this because you know i'm more of an anti-hero sure yeah you're like you're like a spawn or a frank castle yeah like i'm doing the right thing but that doesn't mean like you know hey right he's great like we had uh like that we get we get we they do surveys at um where i work which i hate all kinds of surveys i think they're all just kind of useless for the most part they really just kind of serve to just give words working there a harder time than they had to have we talked about this last week they have they basically give you like when you go shopping and they say hey complete this survey yeah we'll give you a thousand dollars right and you're like no i'm not gonna do it they're like but it's a thousand dollars just free like here just take it all you have to do is answer these 10 questions and you're like no i don't want to do it right and it's like so but the thing is it's like you either have that crowd people that don't do it just because it's like it's whatever i mean this my my time here was cool. I did it. I got enough done it. I'll go back. I don't need to fill the survey out. I think I, I got a good time here. You have that guy who's going to who's most who's most of us who's not going to fill out anything. Right. I like, just like I'm not doing this shit. It's fine. I'll be back. I, sure. I, if I know when I, if I need some more milk, I'll come back here. Right. And there's the so you have all you have to do in the survey are these two spectrums of people. Mm-hmm. You have this one guy who had like the best experience. That he's ever had in a grocery store or wherever the fuck ever in life that he has to let the world know <clears throat> about it. And you have this guy on the other end who is so upset about whatever the fuck happened at this place that he's going to leave a review. So these are people leaving reviews oh. for everything that you have going on at this place. We're, right? talking, we're talking like all kinds of reviews. We're talking surveys. We're talking Google reviews, Yelp, Yelp reviews, all of it. Facebook reviews. All of it. They go all over for reviews. Right. But before you continue, mm-hmm. if you're listening to this on Apple, go ahead and leave us a review, please, because it really does exactly. help us out. And we're, and we're in the same shit. But yeah, like... But see, here's the difference, though. If somebody leaves a bad review on our podcast, I don't give a fuck. Is it, and that's and that's you can you can kind of like and we always remember we always have to say like five stars. five stars. You can kind of like this show. You don't have to like super like like I said I said like Kermit the Frog. You may not like Kermit. That might be a four star thing, mm-hmm. which should be okay. Yeah, that's totally fine. 
Yeah, but like for some reason, like they just it has to be like five stars or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we always tell people like leave five stars, leave five stars, or don't leave anything. Which if you do, if you put three stars, I get it. It's fine. It's like, fine, but like, what's stopping you from giving five stars? Like, what hurts so much? You about can't giving be honest about how you really feel about some shit. You know what I'm saying? And that's the weird thing about the review. So like, you have these two special people giving their reviews all the time, mm-hmm. and um, this and it's weird because. The people on this end, the people that had the horrible times, mm-hmm. are just. Sometimes they may have had a bad time, but sometimes they just hurt people. They just like to complain about that, dude. Like someone. So I take it somebody left a review. Yeah, and it and it, and it really fucked with my head a bit because, like, I'm the vaccine guy, right? So they have appointment slots, and they have like an hour block mm-hmm. of no appointments because that's when. I get to eat something. That's your lunch break. And remind myself I'm I'm a human and not a shop bot. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So it's like I have that one hour to do that. Um, and this person left a review saying that I came I came early to my appointment and I didn't like the fact that the guy that gave the shots was out to eat. Now Okay. Yeah, so you, you process all that, right? They had an appointment at so, a certain time. Yeah, so someone booked an appointment. Mm-hmm. They arrived early to that appointment. Early into the, into the block of where, I, where I'm eating. And it just so happened to coincide with the time that you took your lunch break. Right, which and is the time that no one has appointments also. Right, and mm-hmm. they were upset that they couldn't get their shot early because right. you were nourishing your body. Right. Okay. okay. And, they, they, and they put that down about me being at lunch. And the part that got to me was just like the fact that not that you were mad that, I was, that you were inconvenienced. I get that part. Because even if you didn't know it was my lunch break, it's an inconvenience to you. You didn't know. You had, an idea, you had a plan for something. It didn't go that way. It's fine. So I get that you're mad about that. The part that got to me is that you really had the wherewithal to be mad enough to write in a traceable document that I am mad that he, this guy got lunch and was not there at my beck and call. Mm-hmm. And you put that down somewhere and you're just like, it's fine. Yeah. It's like you could it's like who would be who would openly admit to saying, like, I don't I wish no one I wish no employees ate lunch. Let me ask you this. This review that was left, was there a name attached? No. Was there a face attached? Of course not. Was there a phone number, email, no nope. address? None of it. Okay. Well, see, there you go. I think that if people got the opportunity to clap back at those that leave reviews on their businesses or services, we might start to see a downfall in reviews left on businesses and services altogether. I mean, even but even when you read the clapbacks, like you've seen sometimes on Yelp, it's like you're just really getting this story that's not... You don't know really. No, 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 no. I don't mean those like. You mean like I'm gonna come see you? Yes. I'm, like, I'm talking okay. like come see me right. and complain to my face about this, right? And let me al- allow me to explain without fear of losing my job, onto where you can go fuck yourself. Yeah, that's the kind of clapback I'm talking about. Oh yeah. Like and, let's have real conversations about this. Enough of this hoity-toity corporate bullshit. Like let's have some real conversation. If you want to start a dialogue. I mean, yeah. If you want to open up that can of worms, be prepared for what's about to shoot out toward your face. It's just like, yeah, but I, I think that the retail space just is just a place where you can just be the worst and you have no consequence for it. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's like now it's just like it's sometimes I'll be out with people and they'll order like um, a meal 
or something, and they'll, 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 there'll be a meal that has like, I don't know, kale in it, mm-hmm. and they hate kale, mm-hmm. but they'll see the dish, and they'll order the dish with kale in it, they'll eat the dish, That's right. they don't like the kale, That's correct. and they'll just send it back All of to it. the kitchen. All of that is right. And it's like, but you, you saw that, you saw what was in there, yeah. you saw you didn't like it, yeah. how is it the kitchen's fault? Well, see, here's the thing. And we can uh, look. It is <laughs> I'm just saying, no, no, no. Like, it's so it is, weird. It is 12 minutes into this podcast, and I I could bring up racism right now if you wanted me to. <laughs> you want me to? Okay, fine, I'll do it. So when you go to a restaurant and you have somebody serving you, right? It's essentially a form of slavery, in well, the fact that you have somebody bringing food to you from a kitchen and where it was prepared, right? Right now. It's indentured servitude, whatever like that. I mean, yeah, that, it's, it's, it is. it's a job. Because it comes from slavery. It's a job, yeah. Like, when the slaves were freed and the white man were forced to give the slaves jobs, they said, no, nah, we're not going to pay you, but we'll let you work here and then the customers will pay you. And that's essentially where tipping came from, right? Mm. And it all was because these people who would go to these restaurants wanted to still feel that sense of power over somebody else. Yikes. And I don't know if that's a genetic thing. I don't know if that gets passed down. But I really, truly feel that when people go to restaurants, retail spaces, they have that feeling of, well, you work here. I'm the customer. Therefore, I have power over you. Right. And no matter what, they're going to try and exert that power and let you know you ain't shit. And that, but that crosses color lines though, because I've, I've because everyone is absolutely that. crosses and, color lines. Yeah, like that's not a racial thing. That's like it's not a everyone. racial thing. That's not a racial thing, right? But it starts, it starts from there. It has, I see, I see, I see. You have some roots there. It does have roots, but it's like, like yeah, no, everyone of all races and colors and creeds have been. This person, they are they, this. Everybody has capability. Of being they're just asshole. the worst. But and, here's the reason why I think that's the reason why I think everybody, much like college or high school, driver school. You know how you got to go to driver's ed in order to get a driver's license. Yeah, I think you should do minimum, minimum three months work in mm. retail or service space. Yeah, just so you can really feel how shitty it can be. To be on that side of it. To be on that side of it. Like and to the way experience. they'll talk to people, man. It's just like it's awful. There, I'm, I had there were like there was a person um, who I had a friend who was a pharmacist that uh, like gave his patients some medication, and it was for their grandma. And I guess the patient that it should have been refrigerated. Um, the grandma should have been refrigerated. <laughs> no, the the medication. Oh, okay. The medication should be refrigerated. So. The patient took the uh, medication, and um, I, I, they claim that there was no counseling about this medication, but they also have, like, signs all over the actual prescription, like, package mm-hmm. that's inside this bag that he's going to be refrigerated or whatever, right? So the patient gets the prescription. They put it in their car, and they go home. It's like a Friday. Mm-hmm. On a Monday... They call back and say, hey, I need to get another prescription because no one told me that this goes in the fridge mm-hmm. and I left it in my car over the weekend. 
Oh, okay. All right. Mm. Let's unpack that for a second. Yes. So it's prescription medication. Right. For your grandmother. For your grandmother, which generally should be treated with a level of importance. Yes. Right? Right. Um, It's not food. It's not food. But you would think that something that's going to go into someone's body. Right. Someone that you care about mm-hmm. should be treated with a level of urgency. Like, yes. oh, let me not leave this in the car right. overnight, over the weekend. Right. For no other reason than right. we shouldn't just leave stuff in our cars. Things that are important to other people. Things especially. that are important. Like, you wouldn't leave your, your phone in your car no. overnight, over no. the weekend. No. You wouldn't leave, um, you know, some takeout in your car no. overnight over the weekend. You wouldn't leave your grandmother no. in the car overnight over the weekend. No. But for whatever reason, you can leave some vials and some pills in the car right. overnight over the weekend. Right. And and they said that they no one told them it was supposed to be refrigerated. But the thing is, is like if you had opened the packaging, mm-hmm. you would have seen it said to be refrigerated. Right. It was like you put the car in your seat, and you left it in the, in the thing over the weekend. And here's the thing about, um, I don't know if you know about cars in Houston. It doesn't matter if it was refrigerated or not. Right. There should be no medications in your car in the front seat of a, of a car in Houston. No. Like, whatever it is, I don't care what the fuck it is. It may not be usable when you get to it. Not in this time of the year, no. Absolutely not. No. So, it's, so like, the fact that it's refrigerated just kind of put more salt in the wound, mm-hmm. but it didn't honestly didn't matter. No. Like whatever you have, you should bring it inside the house at least. Yeah, right? right. That's right. And so I wouldn't even I don't even leave my sunglasses in the car. Right. Because like I said, it wasn't the fact that she wanted the thing that got me. It was just her incompetence. Not even her incompetence. She just it was, a, it was her willingness to blame it all. Mm. Mm-hmm. On on the pharmacy, that's right, and not take the whole uh, fact that like, hey, maybe I should just I don't know take this out of the car or opened it at least. Fake news, right? It's fake news generation. It's just like, just have a little bit of accountability about what you're doing. Like you cause this a little bit, like your attitude. Like you could you could, if you don't, if she'd have called and said, hey, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. Like this is what I did. I was hoping if you helped me out, that would go off way smoother. Because at least you're taking like owning up to something that you did. I almost hit the wrong button there. I was like almost certain I was going to hit the wrong button until I made that last minute audible. So just good job. Be proud of me. Uh, we want to say rest in peace to New Jack, one of the original ECW wrestlers. Um, certified maniac. Actual yeah, he was actual crazy person. Yeah, literally tried to kill people in the ring. His forehead was a mess. Forehead was a mess. Um, it was like razor blade cuts and stuff. Did you ever watch that Dark Side of the Ring? I did. Um, if you guys haven't seen Dark Side of the Ring, the show that Vice produces about New Jack, it's literally called The Crimes of New Jack. Yeah. Um, you should watch that. And get a sense of what this guy was able to get away with on television in a wrestling promotion. Or not get away with. Or not get away with, because he did get caught with some shit. But we can't deny the fact that the guy had influence and, 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 and passion and really helped bring ECW, Extreme Championship Wrestling, to... I can't even really say the mainstream, but... I mean, ECW was kind of a, a, um, a brand that... 
build itself on pushing the envelope, and New Jack was one of those dudes that definitely pushed the fucking envelope. There, there was no envelope to New Jack. Yeah. He was just like, push whatever's in front of me. The, push this shopping cart full of razor blades and stop signs and a vacuum cleaner and a pizza cutter. It was weird how like he... One of the things that was, was like that's crazy about his character is that like he understood racism mm-hmm. and he used it as like he like he was like I'm gonna be the stereotype mm-hmm. that you're all scared of yeah I'm just gonna be that guy uh, and he just uses to draw heat. One of the most famous promos he ever cut was in Smoky Mountain Wrestling yeah. when he was uh, in a tag team called the Gangsters right. And he cut a promo saying, shout out to my boy, O.J. Simpson. Yeah. You got rid of two of them. Great job. Keep up the good work. In Tennessee. Right. In like 1993? (laughs) Whatever that was. It was crazy. That's nuts. That was wild. So, um, yeah, very problematic dude um, in terms of like the way that he saw wrestling and the world and how there wasn't really a, a line between them yeah it was yeah he was he was definitely like just but uh you know one of the ecw originals so we have to uh gotta, gotta I mean, if recognize you, him like you've got to acknowledge like he's one of those guys that kind of like pushed the way to where the wrestling went mm-hmm. without being a prominent name in that right like 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 wrestling got always got more extreme they pushed the envelope right and they always got into like kind of like social commentary that was a bit, mm-hmm. you know, that was a bit like, hey, can we do this? Like yeah. it was like that kind of thing. And he always was just always the one that like let it go that way. So. Yeah. Could never work for WWE uh, at the no. time. Uh-uh. However, Vince McMahon would have killed to have somebody on his roster that connected to the fans the way that those guys in ECW did. Yeah. In, uh, I almost said NBA, but it was Basketball Hall of Fame induction. Basketball weekend. Um, did you watch any of it? I watched a couple. I watched a little bit of it. I saw Tim Duncan's. Uh, I think I saw a little bit of Tim Duncan's speech. Timmy D. I'm the Tim Duncan. <laughs> Remember that commercial? The Sprite commercial? Oh, yeah. I think I do. With him and Kobe? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, bit of an interesting, or interesting um, year this year as they inducted both 2020 and 2021 inductions in the same weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2020 was what day is it today? Today's Sunday, so 2020 was yesterday, mm-hmm. and then they did 2021 today. I think. Today, I think. Um, so for 2020 inductions, we had Kobe Bryant, uh, Tim Duncan, like you said, Kevin Garnett, Kim Mulkey from NCAA, Rudy Tomjanovich. Yeah. Your boy. Houston Zone. Houston Zone. Uh, Tamika Catchings, Eddie Sutton, Barbara Stevens, and Patrick Bauman. It's a pretty solid class there. Yeah, like we had Kobe, Tim, and Kevin Garnett, like just. Yeah. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty, that's pretty, that's pretty deep, man. It's pretty deep. And as far as 2021 inductions go, he had Paul Pierce, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot he was in the Hall of Fame this year. He's all of Fame right now. <laughs> um, Chris Bosh, Chris I Weber. I was going to celebrate. Hmm? I was going to celebrate. Uh, probably with strippers and blunts mm-hmm. yeah. in his room. I'm not mad at it. I'm not, not mad, mad at, it. at it. Rick Alderman, um, Bill Russell as a coach this time, oh, uh, wow. as a player. Uh, ben Wallace, Big Ben. Uh, Jay Wright, 
Yolanda Griffith and Lauren Jackson. Uh, somebody, <laughs> did you see that thing I posted on my story about Ben Wallace? <laughs> But apparently he went to prom with some lady named Jennifer. Yeah, and and she was like, "We've had a ton of fun with she, a winky face." Yeah, she's like very, uh, she's like very like, uh, like she looked like she saw him going to the Hall of Fame. Like she just had, she's she had she lives in like a, a home with a picket fence. Oh yeah, she looked very like middle America. Yeah, she was drinking a coffee when she saw him. But listen, she she remembered Ben Wallace. She remembers him very much. So apparently, she remembered that dick too. I mean, let's see. Yeah, it's the winky face. The, the was, winky face sells it all. Right. The winky face says it all. Yeah, she was, trying to let, she, was, she was she was trying to let her. She was like, y'all so interested. She was like, yeah, you know, you know what you were doing. You know what you were doing. You know what you were doing. You trying to let us know where you where you been in these streets. I couldn't watch the Hall of Fame inductions because mainly because of the Kobe thing. It's never not said. It's always going to be too much. Why? Yeah, I, I was thinking about that. Too. I was like, it's always so sad when you have to think about that that part. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when you think about that. You know his speech was going to be great when he was able to deliver it, yeah. Because he he was a great speaker. Like right. hearing his interviews and hearing him do like speeches like that, like he was one of the better. Like I hate to put this quantifier qualifier on it, but as far as like orators for athletes, yeah, he was very good. Yeah. Um, but I think that's because just like everything else, he dove himself into being good at delivering a public speech. Yeah. It and I guess I'll also be interested in what he would have said. Just because like yeah. like you said, for most for, for most of our career, we saw Kobe, he was just very um stern, serious, mm-hmm. all about do whatever it takes to win. You know, like working twenty five eight, you know, mm-hmm. just always trying to like get better and get better and get better. And also like almost like chastising people who didn't feel the same way. Like if he has right. teammates that were just kind of like dragging ass, he'll let them know about it, and he'll like like he'll let you know, hey, you're not good at this shit. This and, ain't it. Yeah, this ain't it for you, fam. Like he'll and he did. He, he was known for doing that. Yep. And I guess all, but you always respected it too because he's doing that because this is what he does. Right. Like he like he's not telling you something that he wouldn't do. Like he's not he's not expecting some things from you that he wouldn't do himself. So it's just one of those things where it's like he was an asshole. But everyone kind of understood like he was an asshole. He was doing it for the best intentions. Right. But then, you know, during his last season, you saw like you saw a lighter side of him just because like you saw what he was and when basketball wasn't his main focus anymore. Um, Vanessa, his wife or his widow, uh, gave the acceptance speech and she did a marvelous job. Yeah. Um, from what I read. And Mike Jordan, as if there's another Mike, like yeah. who else who else would it be? Uh, kind of did the, well, I guess the induction or like the like the whatever the pre speech was, right? You know, kind of like whatever. Um, but yeah, man, like, gosh, what a couple of classes, huh? Yeah, was, yeah. I mean, between the six of those highlight highlighted cats, you got a lot of all star appearances. You got a lot of championships. You got a lot of moments, man. Houston's greatest coach. Houston's greatest coach. Um, I mean, it's just uh, it's real. It's real bittersweet to think about, but I'm I'm glad that everybody seemed to be in good spirits and uplifted and excited about it. Did you see the um, I guess the clothing line that 
they're they're starting for for Kobe. Like Vanessa, no, I didn't see that. the The contract with Nike expired, right? And I heard about that though. They didn't renew it, and then they ended up like, um, I guess, trademarking or patenting like Mamba. I forget what the name of it is, but like they're they're making hoodies and t shirts and stuff like that, and then all the proceeds are going to go to a charity. Oh so, wow. Yeah, I don't know if it's like officially launched yet. I feel like there would have been a bigger like noise made for that. So there's probably going to be a little bit more um pomp and circumstance surrounding that soon, but that's something to be look out something to look out for for sure. Mm. Sticking with basketball, your boy, J. Cole. He's officially a professional basketball player in Africa. Yeah, I saw that. I saw he was in the um ball the basketball African League, which flows weird. Like that, to say yeah. like like to say basketball African league like why not African basketball league yeah like I just yeah like it should just be the ABL not ball <laughs> I, although I get what they did there I get what they did but it just flows weird it's it basketball flow African league like it's just, it, it 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 doesn't it feels wrong in my mouth <laughs> uh okay yeah you, you could have said that differently I mean I could have but I felt like that stuck the landing it did. It also stuck in your mouth. Yeah, I don't like it there. Um, one of the strangest rollouts for an album I think I've ever seen, somebody joining a professional basketball league in another continent um, during the same time that their much-anticipated album comes out. Which is called Off Season. Which is called Off Season. Mm-hmm. Um, have you listened to the album? I have. And do you have any thoughts on the album? My only thoughts about any future J. Cole album is that I should listen to it before I hear talk to any J. Cole fans about the album. Just because J. Cole fans will, every album he has come out is the greatest thing that ever came out. And y'all ain't even heard it yet. You know what I mean? Like, it, because I mean, it's, it's not a bad album. I think it's a, it's, it's a decent album. Mm-hmm. But like, most of the J. Cole's albums are decent. You know what I mean? Like, similar, I think. Um, he did the thing where he got other producers to make his beats now. Right. I think he only produced one song on this album. Yeah. So it's a, it's a good album, but like yeah, people will call it like the best seven. I'm like, yeah, I haven't really even heard it yet, man. Like, well, it's J. Cole. I get it. Like, it's fine, <laughs> but damn, just like, ease up. It's, it's a good album. It's a good album. You liked it. I liked it. I thought it was good. I haven't heard it yet. But I mean, I'll be honest with you, man. Like, and I know that it's kind of like a fun thing to do to like dunk on Cole and like say that he's boring and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But I really got to get myself in the right mood <laughs> to listen to J. Cole, man. <laughs> and not that I don't enjoy it. I yeah, do. Yeah, it's a good album. Like he's but good, but I, I, ugh, some I, of the fans just go too hard. I'm just like, it's. Look, I man. feel like if I don't love it, I feel like if I don't think that like one of the songs that everybody loves is like real fire, I feel like. I'm missing something. It reminds me of when everyone tried to tell me that they understood Coldplay. And then at some point, we all just realized, now nah, none of us got what the fuck is going mm-hmm. on. At some point, we all got to where we could just admit, like, we don't know what, what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. Like, you're just kind of humming. Yeah. And I don't know why. I feel that way about J. Cole sometimes. It's just like, this, it's, it's a good album. Don't I get f- me wrong. I feel this way about Cole. I feel this way about Kendrick. I feel this way about... Well, I mean, I used to feel this way about Wayne, not so much anymore. <laughs> um, there's a couple of there's a couple of guys where I'm just like, I mean, I get it. Like, I know why people love them. I just don't share that same kind of energy. Yeah, like, yeah, you're, yeah, people are just losing their minds. Just like, I, I, 
Yeah, it's good, but I know what kind of rap I like. Right. I like the coke talk. <laughs> I like the drug talk. I like the gun talk. You know, that's that's the kind of shit that I like. And then Cole, while I feel like an appearance from like I don't I don't feel like French Montana and J. Cole will ever do a song together. Yeah, that's that, that seems to that seems to fit weird. But I also don't feel like it's out of the realm of possibility either. Because I feel like Cole knows that there's a time and a place for that shit. Mm-hmm. Like he appreciates that shit, but he's just not going to talk about it himself because that's not the kind of shit that he raps about. Yeah. But I mean, I like I like some of his shit. Yeah. Well, good luck to him playing in the uh, Rwanda BBC basketball club. That's right. what they call it. <laughs> cool. I'm serious. That's what they call it. I know. I like saw ball. it. And BBC. Ball, BBC. Mm. Uh, I think he had two points. Yeah, I think I was in like points. 17 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, you saw it. Yeah. It was a very awkward putback, but like we'll chalk that up to being nervous. And... It's your first game. It's fine. First game, right? It's your first game. Speaking of first game, Tim Tebow is about to play his first game in the National Football League in. Eight seasons? Nine seasons? I think it's like nine seasons, yeah. As a potential tight end? Yes. I'm Ron Burgundy? He came back nine years later to do the thing that everyone told him to do nine years ago. After being dropped by the New York Metropolitans Baseball Club. I was dropped. I, I think, well, I mean, he never got called up. Okay. Like, he, he was playing AAA. I mean, I figure, I figure, like, if you play AAA, like, it, you draw eyes. So it's like. He de- and, I, and honestly, dude, like, I think it was just a pub stump from both sides. You like, think so? I think, I think he genuinely wanted to play ball, baseball. Uh-huh. And I think the Mets were like, okay, like we, like, we stink right now. Like, but if we put Tebow on a AAA team, like, that'll bring in some eyeballs and maybe yeah. that'll bring in some money. Yeah, right. So that we can, you know, make another move or whatever like that mm-hmm. without ever, ever in. With no intention on ever bringing him up to the majors, oh. I don't think that they ever really intended to do that, hmm. um, because I think that would have been even a little too much for even the Mets, <laughs> a little too much of a circus for you. You think the Mets. so? I think so. I mean, what else they got? What's they got going on? Well, I just don't think that he. I mean, I don't know because I never really looked into his stats or anything. But I don't think he was very. I don't think he was particularly good. Go look into that. I mentioned that. We don't fuck with stats. We don't fuck with facts here. Um, <laughs> But the Jaguars, fresh off, fresh off of signing Sunshine as their new starting, shining Sunshine quarterback, Sunshine, they decided it would be a all right idea to sign Tim Tebow to a one year deal to play a tight end in Jacksonville. Yeah, he's thirty three years old. The last time he played in uh in the NFL was, can you guess? Um. Wait, we said like nine years, didn't we? I think so. Yeah. That should be like, what, 2011? Yeah. 2011. Um, he was on the Broncos. Oh, gosh. This is so perfect. Do you know what team that he was on last? The Jets. And? Who? T-Bill? Yeah. The Jets. Was he on the team? Yeah. Okay, the Jets and fuck. 
the New England Patriots. He wasn't the Patriots? He was on the Patriots. He wasn't the Patriots. He had a cup of coffee on the Patriots. I forgot that that happened. Yep. Yeah, I forgot that happened. Uh, I'm pretty sure Tebow forgot that happened too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then he went down to Mets Farm League, mm-hmm. Farm System. Um, what do you think about this? As a 33-year-old man gets a chance to play football in the NFL after not playing in nearly a decade. I think that no one and 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 I'm gonna put this I'm gonna put this caveat in there. I'm gonna make this a challenge for you. Don't mention a name, Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, I won't. Okay. I think that they should know that the Tim Tebow and Urban Meyer talked before this happened. Had to have. They had like there's no doubt in my mind that they had a conversation. I don't know you're not supposed to have a conversation with players or something like that. It's tampering. But if y'all want to investigate anything, <laughs> investigate that shit. Yeah. Because there is no way in hell that Tim Tebow announced coming out as a tight end and have, and without having somewhere to go before he did that. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think he's just doing that because I I, I could be like competitive. Like no, you can't. No, you can't. There are like I like I would call Tony Gonzalez out of retirement before I call Tim Tebow. Like there's so many names that you have to like leap over. Do you remember when Mike Vick came back and uh-huh. he went to Philadelphia? Yeah. And they only brought him out on like third downs yep. in order to do like uh, some kind of like running offense. Uh-huh. I think this is probably where the where that's going here. Like I, I see like if they're like, you know, in the red zone or if it's like fourth and ten or third and ten or some shit like that. Yeah. Like, to just go throw him out there for, like, a slant. He goes out there, he catches it, runs it in for a touchdown, whatever the fuck. But if you, my thing is, like, if you didn't have this talk with Tim Tebow and you wanted to do that, you could find someone that can do that. And it be it could not be Tim Tebow. It could not be the guy who hasn't played football for nine seasons. I don't know, like... This was a hookup. Like, he let's came talk, up with a job. But this was approached when he was in the NFL originally. Yes. And he wasn't able to really razzle-dazzle us as a quarterback the way that he did at yes. Florida. And people started suggesting, like, hey, maybe he should play a tight end because yes. he's got the size, he's got the speed for it. He has, he, he's, no, no, he's, not, he has, he's definitely athletic. He's super athletic. Yes. He's the greatest college quarterback we've probably ever seen. Don't know about that, but, like... Uh, Who's better? Tim Tebow? Yeah. A lot of people. All right. Name a name. Um, Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. Okay. Um... Tim Tebow. I mean, I guess if you go by like stats and wins, but you're talking about, I mean, if you go by wins, it's different. It's weird because he's like he's a spread offense guy and he ran the ball, mm-hmm. so he wasn't even like really that much of a quarterback when he was there. He was like a quarterback slash running back, he which is like, probably why it lends itself to think that he yeah, would be a so good tight end. So I'm not gonna, I, I, I don't, I don't want to say like a shitting on Tebow to say that like he wasn't good. Like I can't say that he wasn't good in college. That's crazy. A lot of people like to shit on Tebow, yeah, and I think like, that it's not necessarily because of his athletic prowess. I think it's because of like who he is as a person, which is right, another story altogether. Yeah, like he has a he has a funny where he's fighting human trafficking. But do you think there's a place for Tim Tebow on that team? Um, yeah, because Urban Meyer said so. Okay. Like, that's why. Because I, I think, like, here's the thing about this in this hire. Like, a lot of people have an issue with it, and I get that because, like I said, you're, you're getting a guy off the bench for, like, that hasn't played a game in, like, nine seasons. Mm-hmm. So what I see this as, this is like Urban Meyer telling us, like, I'm going to run this team how I'm going to run it. Like, between that, him hiring that strength coach that everyone had a problem with, they get to end up firing him because of the eye or whatever. Yeah. That is that's whatever. And you getting Tim Tebow, like you're saying that I'm gonna run this shit 
however I'm going to run it. And I'm sure that whenever he talked to like Shad Khan, the owner of the Jaguars, he said, I'm going to run this shit. If I'm coming back, I'm going to run it however I want to run it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he has the right to do that. So I'm not, do I, do, do I think that they're probably better people that can put tight end? Sure. Do I think it's probably a fucked idea? Absolutely. But it's still his team and he has a right to run it however he wants to run it. But all I'm saying is like, with all those, with all the success that he has there, he'll deserve it. But if the if that shit goes left, <laughs> if that shit goes left, Urban Meyer deserves all the heat, and he'll he'll get it. Yeah. Speaking of heat, Matt Gates getting that heat put on. They keeping their foot on this dude's neck, and I for one love it because. <laughs> He has like just I when I see his face, I just start laughing. Mm-hmm. He just has one of those faces. He definitely has a face. It's like a walking caricature. Uh oh, I haven't done this in a while. <clears throat> Dateline! Matt Gates scandal deepens as associate admits paying 17-year-old for sex. Mm. The scandal engulfing Matt Gates, one of Donald Trump's brashest supporters in Congress, deepened on Friday after an associate admitted sex trafficking involving a minor and agreed to cooperate with investigators. Joel Greenberg, a former tax collector in Florida, said that he had unidentified, uh, he and unidentified others paid a 17-year-old girl for sex, and he provided the girl with drugs, according to court papers cited by multiple media outlets. Greenberg, 37, is expected to plead guilty, guilty, to federal charges, including financial crimes in court in Orlando on Monday. They could be a pivotal, he could be a pivotal witness if prosecutors charge Gates, 39, over an alleged sexual relationship with a 17-year-old girl. Um, very strange photo that they chose for Joel Greenberg. Uh, they chose him uh, sitting there smiling, yeah, very it's happy. very creepy. And like three inches lower, they say like, oh yeah, you were fucking a 17-year-old girl, or you were involved with the Trafficking of a 17-year-old girl. Yeah. Citing an anonymous source, the New York Times reported that Greenberg has told investigators that Gates had sex with the girl and he knew she was being paid. Damn. That boy snitched, snitched. Gates denies all accusations and has said he will not resign from Congress. I'm not fucking leaving. (laughs) I'm not fucking leaving! That boy is snitching, though, for real. Hey, man, listen. Good. (laughs) <laughs> like, uh, like uh, you know, good. Like, if it gets this fucking creep, one, out of office, two, off the streets, and three, in fucking jail, like, yeah, good. It, it's just wild to see. It's, it's just wild to see, like... I just wish he would have said something, I don't know, years ago. It's, it's just weird to see, like, how these people do this brazen shit, you know, all the time, and then whenever they get a little heat on them, they just start singing. Because they know how fucked up it is. Yeah. You can't not know how fucked up it is. Right. 39 and a 17 year old? Yeah. 17, bro. And you're a politician, dog. And you're, ugh, dude. Like you're a politician. You're out here like with 17. Like you're a politician. Like you represent a, a state and you're out here like fucking 17 year olds, dog. That's some wild shit. Like just the, because even at some point, I have to know, I can't do this shit anymore. Like even if you were like, if you were to, I don't know, just smoke weed. Right mm-hmm. in your younger life, and then you, and then at some point, you kind of become um, 
a senator or whatever, you can't smoke weed publicly like that anymore. You can't just be out here just rolling up, like rolling up blunts and stuff and letting people just see you do that shit representing a state. Like you can't do that. So if you can't do that, you definitely can't fuck underage girls. And you couldn't do that ever. So I don't, and that, that, like that was never okay. And now your politician doing it. So it's even more never not okay. Greenberg said that he recruited women for commercial sex acts between 2016 and 2018 and paid them more than $70,000, court documents say. He also admits providing drugs to an underage girl and introducing her to other adult men who engaged in commercial sex acts. Um, name names, bro. Yeah. Like, name names. For sure. Like, tell us who. I don't give a fuck who it is, dude. They all got to go. It's so wild, though. It's so wild that, you know, what will make you do that? I don't know. Like, I can't get it out what, of my like head. What, what about that? Like, what about this kind of power just changes you, I wonder? You know what I'm like, saying? Again, I think you just said the key word. It's power. It's like we said earlier. Yeah, but like, it's you so wanna, perversive, though. You want to feel power over something, over somebody. And, like, what makes you feel stronger than an innocent, what you perceive to be innocent teenage girl dude because here's the thing even though as weird as matt gates looks mm-hmm. right he's still a representative a state representative you can find someone that will no consensually yeah i don't think they can i think yeah. these, you, i you, think you can, these you, guys, can, you can go on like to the mega crowd i think these know? guys are so fucking lame and i think that they're so stunted in their emotional maturity. You think they can't get a MAGA groupie, though? You I think don't, they can't get no. a MAGA groupie? I don't think that they know how to talk to other adults. A MAGA groupie, though? No. Like, you can't? I don't. Wow. I don't think that they want to. That's the other thing. I don't think that they want to because they want to feel that feeling of that is somebody so else perverse. needs me in order to survive. So they want to provide, right? They want to pay these girls like tuition money, quote unquote, tuition money. It's, they want to give them somewhere to stay. They want to fly them out. They want to pay for their their clothes, their cars and all that shit. Like they want to feel like a provider, but they don't actually want to provide someone with emotional stability, with love, right. with it, caretaking or anything like that. They want it to all be financial. They want it to all be representative of the position that they're these in. These stories are, and they're all the same and they all kind of ring that way and it's just so perverse to me. Like whenever I... It was, it's perverse. Yeah, it's like, so weird. It's no doubt about that perverse, but I think that there's a real deep-rooted issue in the kind of guys that engage with minors in these sex acts, especially yeah. ones that are providing like this kind of money right. to women. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm not here to psychoanalyze. I'm not really that. None of us are equipped. None of us are equipped for that. We're no. just like we are, we're just pontificating at this point. We it know? just it just it's crazy to me that this guy has been accused has all this evidence, has people saying like, no, he did this shit. And then he has a friend that's like, who's pled guilty to doing it and, and saying that he was with me. And none of his, none of his, like, uh, his, his peers are saying like, no, you got to get the fuck out, dude. Like, yeah. you got to go. You got to handle this shit on your own. Like, he's not fucking leaving. Nobody's forcing him out. Nobody's picking him up and throwing him out of the house. Yeah, dog. That's fucking crazy. It's weird. It's so weird. Imagine your man's comes to you and it's like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I did this shit. Like, what are you doing? Are you letting him just rock? Are you letting him in, yeah. in your house? No. No. Like, you gotta go, dog. You have to go. Like, I don't. Yeah, like, I like if any of my if any, if any of my people is like saying, hey, I'm I'm messing with like these high school girls. Like, yo, we're grown ass men. I'm inviting you, you to my hands. You is can't. What I'm doing. Yeah, you gotta go. You gotta go now. Like, you gotta like you gotta, you gotta exit my domicile. Yeah. No. I just ugh, it's fucking disgusting. So. Rotten hell, 
go fuck yourself, Matt Gates. I cannot wait for the day where they put you in cuffs. I hope I hope we see that. And then Lil Boozy says on Instagram, I hope they put him in a jail in Louisiana because I got boys that'll I got a booty bandits. <laughs> That's what he says. He has booty bandits? He said that I think he said that about uh Chauvin. They said, oh, I should lock him up in Louisiana because I got booty bandits all over the state. Or maybe it was booty goons. I that's can't a remember. Very, that's, a, that's a very weird and yet terrifying threat at the same time. Look, man, if Boozy is sending out the goons, the booty, booty goons, goons on you. The booty goons. That's, that's something that you can't, like, you got to. I, I, don't, I want no parts of that. Find dog. yourself a passport and leave the country, man, because you are not safe. I gotta, yeah, I got to leave. Fucking booty goons. That 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 that's gonna resonate with me for a minute. Yeah. Good luck sleeping tonight. I died. I'm I'll, 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 I'll be clenched. Better sleep on your back. I'll be very clenched on my back. Just caution <laughs> for them booty goons. Um, who you got for the spotlight this week, sir? Oh man, I almost forgot. Did you hear about the Joe Button podcast? Oh, okay. Yeah, let's let's go here real quick because Oh my god. This shit cuz like I thought about it just now I was like oh we, I I know we didn't mention it but we got to talk about this. Yeah, like, we should oh, talk about this. Oh my god. Okay, let's give a quick rundown for people that don't know what happened. Okay. So Joe Button New Jersey's own Joe Button was a a, a former rapper, former MC. Pump, pump, pump it up. Pump it up. You probably heard it. In you heard it. Step up to the streets or whatever the fuck yeah. we were in. Um, I don't even know how many years ago. It had to have been like close to 10 years at this point now. Probably. Started a podcast because he was really good on the radio at Hot 97. Mm-hmm. Peter Rosenberg, one of the DJs over there now, um, started a podcast with him. And it was him and it was this girl named Marissa, right? Podcast, podcast, podcast. Marissa's out for whatever reason. And then they bring in this dude named Rory, who's like a friend of Joe from I don't know how they know each other. Podcast, podcast, podcast. Peter Rosenberg is out. So now it's like Rory, Joe, and like a rotating cast of, you know, third people on the mic. Podcast, podcast, podcast. Joe brings in his friend Maul, who he knows from... Back in the day, Maul is also uh, the brother of Biggs Burke, who co-founded Rockefeller Records. So there's a lot of musical talk and industry talk on this show. Podcast, podcast, podcast. Um, it's now Rory, Maul, and Joe start to pick up steam. They start to do live shows. Podcast, podcast, podcast. Spotify comes in, drops a bag on for their, at their door. Podcast, podcast, podcast. They're out of that deal. Spot, uh, uh, the, they're out of the Spotify deal. And now they're going to be moving to Patreon only. Podcast, podcast, podcast. Everything fucking explodes. Yeah. And that's where we're at now. Yes. So Rory and Maul don't show up to work one day, essentially. And then it's beef, (laughs) supposedly. It's beef with Joe and Rory and Maul for what appears to be monetary reasons yeah rory and maul wanted to know what kind of ownership or what kind of percentage they were going to be getting paid due to the contract that they had set up and joe apparently was like not very forthcoming with that information this all kind of leads to um a big blowout where Joe now fires 
Rory and oh, Maul on the, the podcast. Air, dude. Yeah. Airs it, records air. it, releases it. Oh my God. Takes the podcast down, but it's already out there. You know, people already recorded it, yeah. re uploaded it again. And then yesterday, I see Rory and Maul explaining their side of the story. Sheesh. And apparently, it doesn't make Joe look very good at all. Because they have receipts and they have dates and they have incidences and where this whole thing just became about money. Yeah, dude. And about not even so much creative control, but just about am I being compensated for my role right. in this. Yeah, like I cuz I I even get the fact like cuz I mean Joe Button is is he's the draw. Right? Uh, I mean, no, I'm saying like yes. he's I, he's a draw but I'm, but I'm saying like that doesn't mean that Rory and Maul do nothing. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like I can so if you want to give Joe Button the lion's share, I kind of get that, but they also need to be duly compensated. Exactly. Rory and Maul need to be duly compensated as exactly. well. Exactly. Right. It, yeah. it, like it, and I think that that was kind of their their explanation was that it wasn't necessarily going to be thirty three percent. It wasn't going to be three yeah. equal parts. Of course not. But if the percentage of the total amount is growing, yeah, that they're bringing in, and they're still getting paid what they were getting paid at the very beginning, and since then the the numbers have yeah, grown. Yeah, you yeah no. That's where you kind of need to. Dog. That's yeah. a bad look because uh, you got you got because you, you can't see the bag increasing and your portion stay the same the entire way throughout. Correct, because that money's going somewhere. It was interesting because I was listening to Dan Lebertard, uh-huh. and they were talking about this on Lebertard show. Okay, because if you look at the two shows, Lebertard and and Budden, right, they were kind of in the same boat. Yeah. At one point. Yeah, yeah. Lebertar was on ESPN, Buttons on Spotify. Uh-huh. Like they both kind of eg- entered the pandemic off doing their own thing. Yeah. But here's the difference. Lebertar took care of his people. I'm saying. Like financially. Yeah. Like made sh- and he's got more people to take care of. Yes. But he would make sure, like, look, we're all every, in this yeah, together. Yeah, like, I remember he would come out and say, like, now nah, we're fine. Like, like one of his producers got fired from ESPN. Yeah. And then yeah. they were all like, no, we're all leaving ESPN. Yeah. Like, that's the difference. Yeah. When you take care of your people. They take care of you. And it just kind of comes back around. Yes, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, they yeah. got a bag from DraftKings. Yeah. $50 million. But DraftKings is only available in like 10 states. That's upset. So when they start opening up gambling, legally legalized gambling, and DraftKings is able to make more money. They're going to drop off more money to Levitard because that's a fucking draw. Yeah. Meanwhile, who the f- like, po- like Patreon, I get it. Like, it's a good platform. It's a great platform it's a for, for it's a great platform. independent artists. But, but what is the benefit of being on Patreon where o- I can only get your show on Patreon? That and it's like, I mean, heard, like, isn't, isn't it like a rap though? I think it's a rap. Like yeah, I think it's, it's, a rap it's certainly now, a rap with Rory and Maul, but the way that, and this is like very telling of Budden's relationship with people. Yeah, he'll bring in some new dudes. Like he'll bring in some new people to sit on the couch and and do this with, and they'll talk about. They'll go back and forth about this, you know, for a couple of weeks, and then they'll, it'll all evolve into something else. But you look at Budden's like romantic relationships. Yeah. You look at the relationships he's had in the music industry. You look at Slaughterhouse. Yeah. You look at what happened here. 
I mean, what leads you to think that the end result of any new relationship or any new show won't be similar to this? It's a common through line with all these things. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, I mean, look, there's a lot of money in this podcast game. I know there is. There's a lot of money to be thrown around, and there's no shortage of talented people that are willing to do so. Right. But I'll let you know right now, this right here, this show right here, 50-50 all the way. Yeah, for sure. Okay, now do you have somebody for the spotlight? Man, um, I do. It's a, I feel, I feel like it's an easy one, and I feel like it's probably one that's going to, oh, they don't even need a spotlight, honestly. Mm. Um, yeah. I was watching, um, I was, I, I was, I was watching Fresh Fresh of Bel Air, and then Jennifer, it was Jennifer Lewis. Mm. Let's talk about her. It's like everyone's like, I guess it's everyone's aunt, favorite auntie slash mom. Mm-hmm. She's a scene stealer, man. Like every time she's on the on the camera, like it's just she's gonna make you laugh, or she's gonna like do something to steal the spotlight. Right. She's just a spotlight stealer. Like even even the movie is as bad as the cookout. I just enjoy seeing her on the screen, even though the movie may not even be that great. But see, and that is kind of the testament to her prowess is that even though the movie wasn't good, yeah. the scenes that she was in, yeah, very enjoyable. Yeah. Um, we talked about her quite a few times on this show and yeah. how much we love her yeah, and how much we love seeing her. Um, obviously, Blackish, Blackish being one of the more um, well-rounded pieces for her in that she's on a show She's on nearly every episode, so she really gets a chance to to shine and develop her character and you know perform more than just comedy. Like she gets to do some real dramatic stuff too. Yeah, really heartwarming stuff, heartfelt she's stuff. Also, she's also um, she's also um, Tina Turner's mom, and mm-hmm. and uh, what's that got to do with it? Yep. So she's just really good at playing these type of roles. Where did you know that she was a backup singer for Bette Midler? I didn't know that, but it makes sense though. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I also, I also thought, thought about like the um, the uh, I know they're making a Fresh Prince of Bel Air remake, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking like what they're really sleeping on, um, what they're really sleeping on. The idea they're sleeping on is a prequel mm. of just the sisters. Oh, of just like Aunt Viv and Vi. Oh, and like you, you could just have them growing up. That way, you can see like you can see like um, um, Vi have Will. Yeah, you can see where like um, Vivian meets Phil. Okay, you know what I I'm see, saying. I see. All right, like they 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 need to do that. It's called divas. Producer Ed in the building. You know what I'm saying. I see what your your brain is doing right there. I'm that's saying, pretty like, good. That's that's fucking really good. I'm saying they're sleeping put, on that. You put fucking Issa Rae in charge of that. Yeah. Let me tell you something. That's not. You know what? I'm gonna take that out. You're gonna write that down. <laughs> And we're going to try to like sell this to somebody. I'm telling you. Because that's too good of an idea just to be given away for free. You're right. But that's what we do here. We just give away shit for free. Yeah. Um, one of the most underrated aspects of Jennifer Lewis is her, um, her, her being an ambassador for bipolar disorder. Yeah. Uh, in 1990, she was diagnosed. Um, she didn't come out and tell people until years, years later after... Um, years of therapy and medication. Um, 
but now she kind of embraces it. She talks about it. She wrote a book where she was very forthcoming about it. Um, so she is someone that people with bipolar bipolar disorder can look to and say, like, not only can you live, not only can you thrive, but you can follow whatever kind of artistic or creative dreams you may have and not let this disorder take over you and 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 dictate how you live your life. So she's very important in that space, I think, as well. Mm. Um, well done, sir. Good call. Thanks. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out. I'm going to put the spotlight on Bob and Zip from No Redeeming Qualities. Um, and I'm just going to go right down the line of all of our friends in the podcasting world because I really do appreciate, um, again, them welcoming us into this yeah. Houston podcasting realm. Yeah. Um, not only that, but they gradually or gradually graciously extended the invitation for us to become part of the Gamma Gator Network, which like I said before, has opened up a lot of relationships and friendships for us that we would not have had otherwise. Yeah. Um, so want to give a big thanks to those guys for for just being cool, being nice, and inviting us on their show and coming on our show. And if you guys haven't checked out No Redeeming Qualities, you should. Should. You should go listen. Go yeah. sub. Go subscribe. Yeah. Um, I just realized that you told me earlier that you don't have an education, so um, let's <laughs> forget that I said that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I don't want to get to you like I don't want to bother people now with something all the time. Let's think they just like walk away. I mean, sometimes, you know. You just walk away from that. You can fine. just walk away. Yeah, it's just okay. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. We'll just treat it like a cool explosion. We'll just turn our backs and walk away from yeah. this episode. As debris flies across right. our shoulders. Yeah, and the fucking backs of our heads just get seared off from the yeah. fire and napalm. But we look fucking cool. But we look fucking dope. Follow us on, uh, oof, I guess. No, I mean, look, you're not going to see anything. There's not going to be any sort of uh, updates. We're spectators now. We're spectators. We just watch. Like, we're just sitting in the back with, like, those fancy, like, I sit, I sit with my legs crossed at the knee mm-hmm. with, like, those fancy, like, you know, those opera glasses you yeah. get. I yeah. sit, I just, that's how, that's how I observe Instagram with, like, the opera goggles. I sit uh, in my underwear, legs akimbo, <laughs> and uh, with sunglasses on. And that's how I... So sit. it's just two very different... Very different observations. We're sitting side by side. They were just... Yep. Why wow, my legs crossed. I'm just like... We're seeing the same stuff. We're seeing the same stuff. But we're just seeing it differently. It's like, huh. I'm like, hmm, interesting. So go ahead and follow us on Instagram, at State Your Take. Yeah. You can find a link in our bio to our store, to the the playlist on Spotify, the State Your Take list with Ed and Aaron. Um, you can also, if you're savvy enough, you can find our personal Instagram accounts. Or if you want to follow us, you can. But again, still don't, spectating. Don't expect much. Still spectating. Do you have anything else you want to say to the people? We love most of you. We don't care for the rest of you. The rest of you is a lot of you. Don't forget that either. Gamma Gator Productions.